Welcome to the Radiate Church Podcast. Today, we begin a brand new series called We Are That Church. We'll discuss in depth who we are, our mission, and our vision, which is ultimately to honor God in all of our ways, corporately and individually, as followers of Christ. Now, let's get ready for a powerful message from God's Word. Welcome to Radiate this morning. I just want you to know, uh, you are not here for a moment of the week. You are not here for a moment of the week. You're not here for a day of the week. You are here in the midst of a move of God. Uh, we believe that we are not chasing moments. We are not chasing goosebumps. We are not chasing hype. We believe we do all of those things because of how much we believe in what God's doing at this place. We get hyped up and excited about that, but we are here because God is moving in Elgin. God is moving at Radiate Church. God is moving in Kershaw County. And uh, there will come a day where we take that beyond the walls of this county and into others. And so I just want to welcome you to Radiate this morning. And thank you for being here. We've had one salvation, one person signed up for spontaneous baptism this morning. Come on. That takes some celebration right here, baby. Let's go. That's what it's about, man. It's, uh, it's when somebody shows up and they're like, hey, I heard you're having baptism today. Can I sign up and be a part of that? I don't know about you, but that's a move of God. That's crazy. And so we're not, listen, it's 50 degrees outside. And so the baptism tub is not set up out there. We're going to the YMCA today at 1 o'clock. We'd love for you to go and join us and celebrate that with us with so many. You can go ahead and turn in or on your Bibles to Romans chapter 2, if you use, or Romans chapter 12, excuse me. If you use um, the Bible app, you can click on the events section there, more and then events, and our notes will pop up so you can take notes there and scriptures are in there. But we're going to hang out in Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 12 for a little while today. But as you're turning there and you're getting things ready, I want to remind you of something called uh, Friend Day. Pastor Travis talked about it in the video. Listen, next week, Friend Day, bring one or two people with you that maybe have been asking a lot of questions about Radiate Church and want to know more. Listen to me. I want you guys to bring somebody. We got tailgate food that's going to be here. We're going to feed you us heart and your stomach. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We'll give you, we still got burst energy drinks. You can have those too. Get hyped up next week. Like we're excited about that. Um, we're not only going to have tailgate, but we're also going to have a Carolina versus Clemson food drive because it's rivalry week, even if it ain't much of a rivalry on the field. Praise God. We're going we gonna to do something. We're going to have Carolina versus, ah, listen, Carolina fans, listen to me. Listen to me. All right. I know we are all mourning and in pain today, and we all need a professional counselor, okay? I understand that. But I heard some Clemson fans telling me they were going to get pallets of canned food this week just to, just to show us up next week. Let's go do our part and show out, okay? Let's win at something this year, okay? We're going to feed the hungry at Ready 8. So we got Carolina versus Clemson. And then, this is really cool. We have a professional photo booth that's going to be in the lobby so you can take your fun pictures with your friends that are going to be here and post them all over the place. It's going to be awesome out there. Uh, we're really excited about that. So bring somebody and be here for next week, week three, or week four of We Are That Church. So we're in week three this week. And here's what this whole series has been about, right? This whole series has been about who we are as a church, what we're banking on as a church, who we're going to be as a church moving forward, not just who we've been, but who will, who will we be now and who will we be in the future. And so we've talked about that we will always be a church that creates environments for people to not just know about God, but to know and encounter and experience God for their own personal way. Amen? And then we talked about last week, we talked about how we'll always create environments where people want to gather together and how important it is to gather together. If you missed either one of those two weeks, I invite you to go and watch those online. But this week, it's this. We're going to talk about how we will always be a church 
that helps people chase purpose. We will chase purpose. Now, I'm going to need your help today. I'm going to need to know that you're alive in the room. So let's go ahead, look at your neighbor and say, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Chase purpose today. And here's what chasing purpose is. If you hear, if you say the term, if you say the phrase, it, it brings up a mental picture in your mind of if you're chasing something, you never actually get to it, right? And so the chase is never over. I want you to know something that there's a purpose placed in you. There's a purpose placed in your heart. There's a purpose placed in your soul. There's a purpose placed in your church. There's a purpose placed in you. But chasing purpose means that it's never actually over. And I want you to know, no matter how old you are, no matter how young you are, no matter what's going on in your life, we all have a purpose to live out in this world. We all have an ability. If you've got breath in your lungs and blood in your body, you have a purpose in this world. And we want to be a place to where you can come and chase that no matter what. You can, you can get to a place, and here's what chasing it means. It means we never stop running after our purpose. We never stop running. We never stop getting better. And, and I want to tell you, I believe, I believe in my life that the kingdom of God is, is administered in levels. And what I mean by that is, is we have to learn to get to new levels. We have to get better at where we're currently at. And part of it, is anybody in here a bad patient? Anybody a bad patient when you get sick or anything? Like, I'm raising my hand. Raise your hand. Don't make me feel like I'm by myself. I am a bad patient. Let me just tell you, I'm, I'm hard-headed, right? So when I first get sick, I know that's hard to believe. When I first get sick, I'm a baby. Any men in the room with me on that one, right? All the women said, listen, come on now. Y'all ain't amen ever that loud in this room. I'm a baby when I get sick, man. I like... I don't want you to be around me, but I need your attention. I'm in that, right? And so a few weeks ago, I went home on a Sunday after church felt great, went home, 101.3 fever and was down for the count for three days, right? Had something I had to go do about middle of the week. I got better. Come Monday, I looked at my wife. And after I had gotten sick, I was feeling terrible. I had a, had a fever for about uh, 24, 36 hours. Like, I just felt like trash. You know what I'm saying? And I looked at my wife and said, I got to go to the doctor. I'm dying. The grim reaper is knocking on my door. You know what I'm saying? And so I go to the doctor and he tests me for some stuff and he gives me an antibiotic, right? And he gives me an antibiotic and he says the same thing to me that he says to you when they give an antibiotic. They give the antibiotic, they hand you the prescription. He says, now make sure that you what? Take all of it. Take all of it, right? Yo, I can't tell you how many bottles of medicine I have in my medicine cabinet that have like two or three pills left in it. Because I never finished taking the antibiotic. I never finished. In fact, just yesterday, this was over two weeks ago, just yesterday I took the last pill of that antibiotic. Because I saw it and I was like, I should probably take this. I never finished it. And now I can say I finished it, right? I didn't finish it in time, but I finished it. And so here's why we never finish it, or I never finish it, because I get to feeling better. And then when I get to feeling better, I forget that I actually need to take something to help me feel better in the future. To keep me from getting there. Here's what we do spiritually. We're like, hey, God's answered that prayer. Come on. God's helping my church. My finances are working out. My kids are turning out okay. My spouse actually showed me some love this week. Like, all this stuff's working out. Everything's okay. Everything's all right. And so we forget taking the antibiotic or the medicine that God's given us in the word, in his presence, in worship, whatever. And we stop doing whatever it takes to continuously help us get better. And then we end up getting sick again and we wonder why we can't do anything. And here's what I want you to know. Hear me. Your level of perseverance determines your level of growth. 
The Bible talks consistently about perseverance. Here's what most of us will do spiritually. Most of us don't persevere through difficult times because we don't want to feel the pain. We don't want to confront the things that nobody else wants to confront that we don't want anybody else to know about. We don't want to confront those things and persevere because if we persevere, then that means it's going to be painful and I don't want to go through pain. I just want it to be good because after all, God is a good, good father. And because he's a good, good father, then obviously then nothing painful will ever happen. Can I tell you, if you believe that, it's a lie from the enemy. It's an anesthesia that the enemy will give you to make you feel good in the moment so that you don't turn to God in the begin with. In the beginning. And the truth is, if we don't learn to persevere, we never get better. Because I want to I give you this thought. If you want to go to new levels, we have to learn and we have to be willing to confront new devils. Most of us want to go to new levels with God. Most of us sitting in the room are like, yeah, I'd love to know God at a greater level. I'd, know, I'd love to chase my purpose. I'd love to accomplish this. I'd love to help my church get to this level. I'd love to help my friends get to this level, my family and all this. But it, when it comes to the moment of confronting devils in our lives, we will run instead of run, we'll run away from them instead of to them. Instead of looking like David did and said, there's a giant in front of me that's between me and victory, I'll go towards the giant instead of away from it. And the truth of the matter is, I want, to, I want you to hear me today, you cannot grow to new levels with God until you learn to face the devils that you're currently facing today. Addictions, negative mentalities, depression, anxiety, all that stuff. I'm not telling you none of that stuff's real. What I'm telling you is you got, have got to come to a place to where you're confronting those devils and working on that stuff before God can take you to a new level. Well, pastor, i got to get through all this stuff before I can ever grow. No, I didn't say you have to defeat it. I said you have to confront it. You have to confront it. You have to be willing to put a stone in the sling and start slinging that thing around. You have to be willing to look at Goliath and say, no, there's nothing that's going to then come between me and victory. We have to be willing to persevere no matter what. We have to ask ourselves this question. Because you're so quiet today, I know you're taking notes, and so I'm going to tell you to write this question down. Am I willing to do whatever it takes to get better? Am I willing to do whatever it takes to get better. I, I, last week we talked about football. I love football. Everything goes through a football lens and, and, and spiritual lens for me. And here's the truth, man. You know why those guys are elite athletes? Because they prepare at an elite level. Because they are willing to do whatever it takes to get better at what they're supposed to be doing. And the truth of the matter is, many of us spiritually, we just get to a place to where we feel better. And we just say, okay, I'm going to heaven, and I'm doing okay, and I gave 5%, not 10% this week. Or, hey, I'm praying for that person, even though they get on my nerves. I'm doing, I'm doing okay. Can I tell you, okay is not enough. We've got to grow to a place where God's going, no, I want you here. I want you to continue growing. Chasing purpose is always getting better. It's always growing. It's always doing whatever it takes to grow to a new level. And at Radiate Church, we're committed that we will help you chase your purpose. Here's, here's the truth. This is going to come on the screen. I want you to think about this. When we want to really chase purpose, we stop making excuses and we start doing whatever it takes. Have you ever noticed that we will make excuses for anything we don't really want to do? Listen, the truth of the matter is, is you don't make excuses whenever you want to do something. We'll, we'll sit back and we'll be like, no, I need to do that. Like, I need to go play golf today. I need to go play golf today because I need to get better at golf. No, you want to go play golf. You don't need to. But I need to go play golf today, but I don't need to spend time with my wife. Come on, let's get real. Y'all are quiet today, man. The truth of the matter is, is we got to learn that when we really want to chase purpose, when we really want to get better, when we, we stop making excuses and going, well, I can't because. Some of us, I'm just going to put it this way. Some of us need to get our butts out of the way. Yeah. 
Because every time God tells us to do something, it's like, yeah, God, I love you, but. Yeah, God, that's right, but. God, I need to do this, but. Get your butt out of the way and get your butt up and go do something. You know what I'm saying? Stop making excuses. I know, I know. Y'all are like, I can't believe he just said that. The problem is, is nobody is daring enough to say that to us. Stop making excuses and start making progress. Do what it takes to get better so that we can chase our purpose. And if we're going to do that today, there's three things we've got to figure out. There's three things we have to figure out in order to chase our purpose. The first one is this. I hear this question all the time. It's asked to me all the time. There's rarely a week that goes by that something along these lines is not asked to me. And it's this. What is my purpose? What is my purpose? And usually when people are asking that, they're asking for a few things. They're asking, how do I know what job I'm supposed to take or what I'm supposed to do here, right? How do I know uh, what I'm good at so that I can serve the church or I can serve God in that? I want to tell you, I want to put those two questions, those two parts about decisions and giftings to the side. And I want to talk to you about your number one sole purpose, no matter about the other things. And it's this, our sole purpose was created to glorify God. And that's it. Nothing else. Here's the truth. I can go be good at everything else in the world, but if I don't glorify God, I'm failing. I can have a million friends. I can have the best spouse. I can have the most money. I can have everything that makes everybody jealous, but if I'm not glorifying God, I'm failing at what my real purpose is. We were all created to glorify God no matter what. And here's the thing. Your past doesn't doesn't decide that. Because sometimes we look at that and we go, well, I'll just never be able to live up to that. I'll never be able to do that. I'll never get to that place. I'll never do these things because of who I was and what I've done. I need you to hear me today. Your past doesn't matter for your future or your your present. God has forgiven your past so that we can glorify him. It's time for us to glorify God. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says this. He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers. I love how Paul writes this, right? Therefore, I urge you, brothers, by the mercies of God. Please hear that. By the mercies of God. It doesn't say by the mercies of friends, by the mercies of family, by the mercies of social media. It doesn't say by the mercies of your boyfriend, of the mercies of your spouse, by the mercy of God. By the mercy of God. Stop looking for everybody else's mercy before you accept his. Some of us will look at God and go, I don't care about your forgiveness. I need their approval. Stop. He says this. He says, I urge you. I'm begging you. I'm asking you, please, by the mercy of God. And then he says this, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. He says, listen. By the mercy of God, take everything that is about your life, everything that is about your body, from your head to your heart to your mouth to your intentions to where you go to where you sleep to where you stay, all these things. Take everything you're about and every bit of that should be a living and holy sacrifice to God. Sacrifices are not easy, are they? Sacrifices are difficult. Can I tell you this? Listen to me. Sacrifices mean that you give up something you care about for something you care about more. Let me give you this example. My son, my one-year-old, right now, he is sick. And I feel like for the past seven years, somebody in my house has been sick every single day. But he's sick. Last night, 101 some point something fever and coughing, and it's just ridiculous. And so he's sick, and last night, about 1 o'clock in the morning, he wakes up coughing. 
Got his fever, crying. He wants daddy, he wants mommy. You know what I'm saying? Like he needs attention. You know what I'm saying? And I love church. I love church. I love family. I love all that stuff. But y'all, I'm going to tell you something else I love. I love sleep. Anybody with me in the room? I love sleep. But when my son has 101 fever and he's sick and he needs me, guess what I sacrifice? I don't look at my one-year-old and go, son, you need to suck it up. I'm going to sleep. I may want to, but I don't. What do I do? I sacrifice my sleep because I'll do what he needs to do to get the medicine he needs, to give him the attention he needs, to nurture him back to health, to do whatever it takes so that my son knows that I'm there and I love him and I'm with him. I'll sacrifice what it takes for something I love, for something I love more. Here's the thing. The level of your sacrifice is determined by your level of your love. What am I willing to sacrifice? Oh, pastor, I'm not sacrificing that. I, that's how I've been my entire life. Hey, you know what? What if it's purpose over personality instead of personality over purpose? What, what, if, what, if, what if we stop going, I just struggle with this? No, 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 no. What if I'm prophesying that over my life? And I'm using it as an excuse instead of a way to get better. What if I look and I'm like, hey, it's not about what my purpose is, is to glorify God. I'm not willing to sacrifice because he says, I need you to sacrifice and be a spiritual act of worship because worship is how I live. Can't, listen to me. Worship is not just lifting your hands on Sunday morning. Worship is how you live at work, how you treat your spouse, how you parent your kids, how you treat your, the, the people, your boss and everybody else, everybody you come into contact with, that, hear me, is worship. That's why honor is so important whenever we love people. It's because I'm not just honoring you, I'm worshiping God by the way I honor you. It says live your life as a living act of worship in Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 through 9. Are y'all, are y'all there? Are you there? Is this helping anybody? He says this, here's the roadmap. Here's the roadmap. Because we get to worship God through 1 John 4, 19. Just leave that up. 1 John 4, 19 says that we get to love God because he first loved us. Hear me today. We're not glorifying God just because we're great. We're glorifying God because he's worthy and he loved us first. He looked at my mess. He looked at my mistakes. He looked at my problems. And he said, I love them enough to give them an out through the sacrifice of my son, Jesus, because I knew that they'd be addicted, but they needed a way out. I knew there'd be chains holding them back, but I need to break the chains. And it's only through the love of Jesus that that can happen. He first loved us. So now I get to love him. And in, in, in Philippians four and eight says this, here's the roadmap to that. Finally, brothers, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Pastor, how do I live out the purpose to glorify God? It's written right here very plainly. How do I live my life to glorify God? I don't, I, I, I'm, in a, I'm in a world of negativity. I'm around all these things all the time. Pastor, what do I do? If it's true, if it's honorable, if it's right, if it's pure, if it's lovely, if it's of good reputation, if there's any excellence and if it's worthy of praise, then you dwell on those things. If it's not, walk away. We make the will of God and the purpose of God in our lives such a mystery. And can I tell you, the will of God is whatever. The will of God is whatever. 
Whatever is pure, whatever is right, whatever is honorable, whatever is true, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good reputation, whatever is of worship, the will of God is whatever. That's what he wants us to focus on. How do I live my life to glorify God through that? And then verse 9, he says, the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And then he says this, and the God of peace will be with you. God, how do I take, I mean, pastor, how do I take God to work with me? Philippians 4.8. Pastor, how do I get God back in my marriage? Philippians 4.8. Pastor, how do I parent my kids to love God? Philippians 4.8. It's all right there. He tells us in Romans 12.1 that, that we are to live our lives as a sacrifice. But then in Philippians 4.8, he says, and here's the sacrifice. You'll have to run away from things that are not whatever to run towards things that are. Are you with me today? The second thing we have to ask ourselves is this. Who is our tribe? Who is our tribe? Who are we connected to? Who are we soul tied to? Because I'm here to tell you, listen to me. Your tribe determines your vibe. Many of us are in a place to where we live a negative lifestyle and we're trying to figure it out. And the whole reason is if we looked at our tribe, we could figure it all out. It's not that you shouldn't be friends and, and connect with them. It's that you got a soul tie with people that aren't making you sharper. They aren't making you better. They're not bringing you to a higher level. They're sitting there and making you more and more dull because you're worried about everything else. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17, it's going to come on the screen. It says this, iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Who is your tribe? Are you getting sharper are you getting duller? Are they making you live and think and execute at a higher level? Are they calling things out that may not be Philippians 4.8? Or are they making you dull? Are you soul tied to somebody that you shouldn't be soul tied to? That doesn't mean you never talk to them. Here's what a soul tie is. A soul tie is a soul connection with somebody that causes you to be so connected that what they feel and what they do is the same thing that you go through. And part of it is, is we're so soul tied to people that we shouldn't be. And so now we live our lives trying to please them and God's going, if you'd cut the soul tie and you'd be tied to somebody that makes you better, then it, this whole thing would make you better in the begin with. You could grow. You could go to a new level. See, here's the thing. We got to be around people that make us sharper, not more dull. I, I have the privilege and the opportunity to be in relationship with guys that I have no right to even be in the room in. I on my cell phone, if I went and grabbed it right now, I could make phone calls to pastors all across this nation that lead thousands and thousands of people, some on TV, some in person, all over the place, places that I believe we're going as a church. But the truth is, I shouldn't have their number. I shouldn't have their relationship. But T.D. Jake said something one time that blew my mind, and I've never forgot it. And it's going to come on the screen. And he said this, God won't connect you to bulldozers to build a chicken coop. Many of us want to build something so powerful in our lives that we're this beacon of hope for the kingdom of God. God, I've got this big call. I want to do these big things. But we stay connected to Tonka trucks. Nobody that's ever built a chicken coop has ever brought in a stinking bulldozer, dug six feet down, put a foundation and rebar in to build a chicken coop. You know what you do? You go to Lowe's, you pick up wood and chicken wire, and you make it happen. But if you want to build a skyscraper, 
If you want to build something of substance, you dig down, you lay a foundation that nobody ever even sees. You put that rebar down in the ground so that when the winds start moving, it don't move your foundation. You build up on that thing and you get bulldozers and skyscrapers and you get towers and you get cranes and you get all this other stuff in there to help you build it. Most of us want to build skyscrapers, but we're connected to Tonka trucks. Who is our tribe? Pastor, you're telling me not to talk to people unless they're at this level. No, 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 no. That's not what I said. You have to be careful of your tribe. Everyone is not your tribe. Social media has sold us this lie that everybody that talks to us is our tribe. Everybody that clicks the like and double taps the picture is our tribe. That's not your tribe. That's just somebody. Your tribe is the people that have a voice in your life. Your tribe is the people you're connected to and your spirit jumps with. Your tribe is the people that determine your future. Here's how most of us figure out our tribe. Are you still with me? Here's how most of us figure out our tribe. We go to somebody and we go, hey, what do you think about this? And if they agree with us, then now they're in our tribe. But if they don't and they say something we don't like, well, I just don't trust that person. You don't trust them or they said something that made you think at a level you hadn't thought at before. Because the truth is, is our tribe determines our vibe. Most of us would live at a higher level if we'd stop letting the wrong voices speak into our hearts. If most of us would live at a high level if we'd stop listening to the voice of the enemy just as much as we listen to the voice of God. Most of us would live at a higher level if we'd stop letting people that don't believe in us tell us why they don't believe in us. What if we started listening to people that do believe in us and looks at us and goes, you got a purpose and you got a future and if you can get through this, you're going to accomplish something because I'm here to tell you that's what God is saying. And we will always be a church that chases purpose through tribes. That's why we have groups. That's why we have teams. That's why we, we come together and we gather together so that we can get a tribe that helps us get better. And the third and last question is this. How can I get better? How can I get better? What does it mean for Brandon Goff to get better? What does it mean for, for, for Ryan to get better, for Doug to get better, for Jamie to get better? What does it mean for us to get better? And the answer changes no matter what. For some of us, it's breaking soul ties. For some of us, it's discipline. For some of us, it's stop playing games and get up and chase your purpose. For some of us, it's just stop trying to be something you're not. It looks different, and I love how Paul talks about this. Again, in Philippians chapter 2, verse, verse 12, he says, he says it this way, So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Verse 13, for it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. I love how Paul lays that out. Because what they were asking and what was happening is Paul is trying to figure out how do we get better at this church thing? How do we grow the kingdom of God? Can I, can I tell you, trying to figure out how to get better at following God and growing the kingdom and growing the church is not something new to the modern world. They were asking these questions in the church of Philippi in those days. And Paul looked at them and he said this. He said, you work out your salvation. Reach everybody. Give everybody an opportunity. Filling seats in the church is the responsibility of those that call that church home. 
You need to give the invites. You need to bring people. You need to have them here because that's how we grow the kingdom. I believe, I'm going to go out on a limb for a minute and I'm going to say this. I believe that when there's empty seats in any church, I don't care if it's Radiate Church or any church down the street or a church in Florence or a church in West Columbia or a church in North Carolina, it doesn't matter. I believe any church that is empty, God's heart breaks. I really do, and here's why. Because it's a sign of people in the community aren't hearing the gospel of Jesus. And God so loved the world, God so loved the church, which is us, that he gave his son for it. And this is the organization that expands the kingdom. It's our job, but it's also our job to work out our salvation. We can't get so caught up on making sure everybody else lives out the salvation we think that we don't even work out our own. And can I tell you, and I can say this boldly because I know it, packed house, first service, right? Packed house, man, it looked great, felt good. You guys in here today, there's people in this room today that have sacrificed their spiritual growth with God because they think chasing things is the will of God and making sure everybody else is right and hearing every other voice. I want to tell you what Paul says. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, with the presence of God in your life, what do you need to stay away from? What is not right? What is not true? What is not honorable? What is not holy? What is not worthy of worship? Stay away from those things. How do I get better? Philippians 4, 8. Because most of us in 2 and 12 will go, I'm just working out my salvation. And we use it. A lot of us will use it as an excuse to either not grow or grow slowly. I'm still working out my salvation. And truthfully, we're just being disobedient. Can we just call it what it is? I've been there. I've been there way more recently than I ever care to admit. But here's what I also know. How do I work out my salvation? I figure out what's true. I figure out what's honorable. I figure out what's right and what's pure and what's lovely and what's of good reputation. I figure out what has excellence of God and what is worthy of praise and those are the things I dwell on. I don't dwell on negative thoughts. Why? Because negative thoughts are not right, true, pure, holy, or worthy of worship. I don't dwell on lies. Why? Because it's none of those things. How do I get better? I figure that part out. How do I work out my salvation? I don't grow slowly. I don't grow not at all. I grow every day by waking up and saying, God, teach me whatever. Teach me whatever. At Radiate Church, I'm telling you, we are committed. I am committed at this church. As the pastor of this church, we will fill the building. We will build a building and we will fill it. But before we do that, we will fill this building and we will watch not one person give their lives to the Lord, but we'll watch a hundred people give their lives to the Lord. We'll see not one person sign up for baptism. We'll see 50 people sign up for baptism in one day. I'm telling you, we will watch addictions break, crime rates lower. We'll watch homelessness go. Hungry will not be an issue. All the, all the strongholds, all the bondage, all those things will go in this county and every county we ever go to. Not because it's a moment, but because it's a move of God. We 
will see things happen in this room. We will fill this place with people that are hungry for a move of God. Not because I can get hyped, but because I'm sick of not focusing on whatever. Whatever. We'll chase our purpose. And we'll do it in groups. And we'll do it on teams. And we'll go through full life because it's designed to help us. And it's designed to get us where we want to go. And here's what I want to tell you today. Some of you, your next step is you got to give your life to the Lord. Maybe you're in here and you're like, I prayed that when I was 12. But I didn't mean it and I haven't lived it. And I just need to just say, all right, God, I'm starting again. I don't know. Some of you, you've never given your life to the Lord and today's the day. Because if our lives are to glorify God and that's our number one purpose, we can't do that outside of God. And then, in a moment, and then some of us, here's what we need to do. Maybe you've served and you've been a part of this thing or maybe you don't serve anywhere and you just need to figure out what you're good at and how you can serve. Here's what I need you to do. Go sign up for Full Life in the lobby. We designed a program. We even made it digital to help you out right now so that you can go through Full Life and figure all of that out and find a team that'll help you get better. If you would, stand to your feet with me today. I just believe something's... Something's happening. Vision is coming to pass in this room today. It's a new, listen, can I I be bold and just say it's a new era for Radiate Church? It's a new era for Radiate Church. With eyes closed, if you're in the room, you'll say, Pastor, I need to give my life to the Lord. He loves me and I want to live my life for Him and I want to to do whatever I need to do to glorify Him. And Pastor, I, I need to pray that prayer. I need to give him my life and I need to accept his sacrifice. Would you just hold your hand up right where you are and hold it up high so we can see it, so we can put a clipboard in your hand and walk this journey with you. Amen. Now here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to pray that God would unlock purpose in us. And he'd unlock perseverance and he'd unlock drive to go and make a difference. Father, we honor you. God, I pray that you trust us to help people all over this county and beyond to chase their purpose. God, we got to get better. It's not because we're bad. It's just there's never a day where we can stop running the marathon. Because when we stop, there's souls that are connected to that. Let us always, every single day, wake up and say, God, whatever, whatever, teach me whatever today. Let me focus and dwell on the things of you. Let me glorify you. Let me give you everything I have. God, I pray that you're unlocking hearts in the room today. I pray that you're unlocking drive and perseverance in the room today. I pray that you're breathing new breath into people's spiritual lungs today so that we can walk out of here and we can chase you with everything we have. That we can walk into groups together and walk through life together so that we can get on teams. God, I pray that right now, God, you'd fill this room with people that we can help chase their purpose. God, we're not just a church here just to, just to put out seats. We are here to unlock purpose in people. And so, God, I pray that as we leave today, we change the world everywhere we go. And, God, that we would chase our purpose no matter what. And, Father, we honor you and we worship you with everything we have. In your name we pray. Amen. Church, listen to me. I, some of you, I just want to encourage you. Go back to the back and ask them how you need to sign up for full life. It is a way that we can help you get better. Week four next week with Friend Day. Grab your invite cards and let's go change the world, change the purpose. Guys, I love you. See you then.
Thanks again for joining us today on the Radiate Church Podcast. If you would, take a moment to like and subscribe our channel so you can receive more messages just like today's on your device every Monday. Also, you'll receive exclusive content that you won't find anywhere else right here on the Radiate Church Podcast. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.